Hello and welcome to the second episode of the UFO and Aliens podcast. I'm your host, Rick Black. I would like to thank the 11 people who downloaded last week's episode one. I hope you enjoyed it and are listening this week too. Together, the 12 of us are going to get to the bottom of this. Last week, we talked about the vastness of space and touched on if extraterrestrials are here, what are they doing? Today, we are going to talk about cattle mutilations, and ETs may or may not be involved, so let's get started exploring. I remember back in the 70s, there were stories on the news of farmers discovering parts of their herds dead under strange circumstances. It appeared that the cows had been drained of blood. There was not a drop of blood found at the scene. The wounds looked like they were done by a laser or fine surgical instruments, and they had certain parts of their bodies surgically removed, like the ear, eyeball, tongue, lymph nodes, genitals, and rectum. They lacked the evidence that predators and scavengers leave, like large pools of blood and ripping and tearing of flesh. Explanations for this high strangeness were offered, and they included cults, secretive government and military agencies, cryptid predators, like the chupacabra, as well as extraterrestrials. It was such a big story that two independent federal investigations were conducted. And it wasn't just cows that were mutilated and found in strange circumstances. Mutilations also included sheep, goats, horses, rabbits, cats, dogs, bison, deer, elk, and pigs, both wild and domestic animals. The mutilations go back at least as far as the 17th century. In England, dead sheep were found mutilated, some numbering to 100. Nothing was taken from the sheep except for some of their organs and the fat around them. This was recorded in the official records of the court of James I. On September 7, 1967, a three-year-old Appaloosa horse named Lady failed to return to the Harry King Ranch in San Luis Valley in Colorado. She was found two days later on September 9th by Agnes King and her son Harry, about a half a mile from the ranch. I also read an article that Mr. King had found the horse. Remember, believe half of what you read. The horse had been skinned and defleshed from the neck up. The rest of the horse appeared to be unharmed. Mrs. King noticed that there were cuts that looked very precise. There was not blood found at the scene, but there was a strong medicinal odor in the air. I don't know what they mean by medicinal. Maybe an alcohol smell that you run into when you go into a hospital? Maybe. That was peculiar enough. But they also found other strange things at the scene. There were no tracks leading up to the horse. In an area of about 100 yards by 50 yards, there were 15 circular exhaust marks. 100 yards north, there was a 3-foot bush that had been squashed to within 10 inches of the ground, and the whole area was of about 10 feet radius was also flattened. The horse was actually owned by Mr. and Mrs. Burl Lewis. Mrs. Lewis went out there, and she found a little piece of flesh wrapped in skin. She said it was sticky and dropped it. She claimed that her fingers and hand were red and burned until she washed them later. The next day at the scene, there was a sickening sweet odor, and the bones had turned pink. Officials say that the horse was struck by lightning, but they never actually went to the scene to investigate. There were other strange things found at the scene. There were six indentations in the ground that formed a circle three feet in diameter. 
each indentation was two inches across and four inches deep. Agnes said that there was a large object in the sky over the ranch on the day the horse went missing. Later, a forestry aide with the U.S. Forestry Service brought a radiation measuring device to the scene and got a high reading in a few spots where the horse was found. The readings were registered on black spots on the ground nearby and on the boots of Mrs. Lewis, who was there. The press caught wind of these events and swarmed the area. Either by accident or because it sounded better, the press called the horse Snippy, which was actually the mother of Lady. So if you go looking up Lady Mutilation, you're going to find something completely different. So since the press calls the horse Snippy, I'm going to call uh, the horse Snippy too. It's just easier. Remember, believe half of what you read. This event started talk about extraterrestrials being responsible for the animal mutilation phenomenon. There were other theories proposed. Some said it was a secret government program, researching what I have no idea. The most plausible is that Snippy succumbed to an infection. The skinning and defleshing was caused by scavengers and insects, most likely ants. I read somewhere that it was radioactive ants. They eventually performed a necropsy and discovered that Snippy was shot. They found two small caliber bullets in her hindquarters. Later, two students from a local college confessed to shooting Snippy. They had been drinking and went out and shot a horse. I don't, I don't know what to say about that. So anyway, Wallace Leary, the Alamosa vet, found so interesting that Snippy was killed by extraterrestrials that he had Snippy's skeleton mounted on a metal platform with her bones being held together by screws and wires. So the skeleton of Snippy traveled around the town of St. Louis. She was on the sidewalk outside the Chamber of Commerce for a while. She was in a museum. She was in an abandoned house on a ranch for 20 years. A man was hired to sell the skeleton on eBay, and the opening bid would be $50,000. No dice. Nobody wanted to buy it. But today, you can find Snippy at the UFO Watchtower near Hooper, Colorado. From what I understand, this is a place where you can go camp out and look for UFOs. It kind of looks interesting. It might be cool to spend a night out there looking for E.T., but I don't think the wife will go for it. I'm in Florida, so if you're close to Hooper, Colorado, you should check it out. UFOWatchtower.com 1973 seems to be a big year for cattle mutilations in seven counties across Kansas and Nebraska. It was reported that sexual organs were removed with surgical precision. A few weeks later, there were 38 cow deaths across 11 counties. El Chubacabra? Extraterrestrials? No, it was blackleg. Blackleg is a bacterial disease found in cattle, sheep, and goats. When infected, the cattle can develop a fever and or lameness on the affected leg. When diagnosed, the cattle can die relatively quickly, like 12 hours. Some die without symptoms, and a necropsy later reveals the cause. So we have cattle deaths. We've got people talking about UFOs and aliens being the cause, or maybe it was the government. In 1974, in Lancaster County, Nebraska, the Lincoln Journal Star reported that strange unidentified helicopters were shining spotlights in fields that would soon become mutilation sites. One investigator said that seeing helicopters was a nightly thing. 
The FAA and National Guard didn't know anything about any helicopters in the area. So the farmers went out into their pastures at night to see what the heck was going on. So the National Guard told its helicopter pilots to fly higher to avoid being hit by the farmers' rifles. U.S. Senator from Colorado, Floyd Haskell, asked the FBI for help. He claimed that there had been 130 cattle mutilations in Colorado alone and more across nine states. The New Mexico State Police estimated 8,000 in Colorado causing $1 million in damage. Many of the cases of cattle mutilation go unreported. Okay, this little tidbit was too much for me to pass up. Um, But a reporter for the Brush Banner by the name of Dane Edwards, did a piece on cattle mutilation and started following a theory that a cult was responsible for the mutilations. That didn't pan out. So he reported that the government were using the cattle to test biological weapons to use in Vietnam. He actually wrote to Colorado Senator Floyd Haskell while Haskell was investigating the mutilations and accused agents of threatening him into silence. In an interview with the Colorado Spring Gazette, Telegraph, He claimed that the phenomenon was an outcropping of a program that began in 1961 and that he would be writing a book about it. In the same interview, he claimed that he was being threatened. His office had been broken into twice and someone threw blood on the glass storm door of his house. Edwards also criticized law enforcement when they closed the case, stating the cattle mutilations were caused by predators and natural decay and decomposition. Shortly after his interview with the Gazette, he was fired from the banner for poor business practices. Then Edwards mysteriously disappeared. His wife filed a missing person report. Others who investigated UFOs have also mysteriously disappeared as well. But we're just talking about cattle mutilations today. Well, Edwards actually changed his name to David Ellsworth and moved his family to Texas. He had his wife file a missing persons report as a smokescreen. He worked at a junior college as an instructor, but was fired when he failed to provide his education transcripts in 1980. He published a book, Smith County Justice, which was an expose on the Smith County Sheriff's Office and its misuse of undercover officers to secure narcotics arrests. The 1991 film Rush is loosely based on incidents that are described in the book. This caused a huge scandal, and Ellsworth began getting death threats again, so he disappeared again. There is more information about Dane Edwards or David Ellsworth, but I've gotten off track. Let's talk about Linda Moulton Howe. In the UFO conspiracy and literary world, this lady is a rock star. Howe was the director of special projects at KMGH-TV and Channel 7 in Denver, Colorado, where she focused on environmental issues. A serious journalist, in 1980, she produced A Strange Harvest, which was a documentary that suggested unusual wounds found on cattle are the work of extraterrestrial beings who harvest body parts required for their survival or research, and the U.S. government is complicit. The document received a regional Emmy Award for audio achievement. In 1981, she began to focus on UFO conspiracy theories. She claimed that there is a connection between UFOs, the government, and cattle mutilations. She has this awesome quote. I am convinced 
that one or more alien intelligences are affecting this planet. She claimed that she was shown secret documents by an agent of the government. Author John Greer wrote that Howe presented no evidence for such claims. You should check out Mirage Men, if you haven't already. It's a documentary featuring a retired special agent who worked for the U.S. Air Force Office of Special Investigation and suggests that there was a conspiracy by the U.S. military to fabricate UFO folklore in order to deflect attention from classified aerospace projects. In other words, they would lie as part of a disinformation campaign. They would give you some top-secret information about what the government knows about the UFO phenomena. But here's the kicker. They would throw in a little nugget of the truth. Like the devil, they mix lies with the truth to confuse you. So it is suggested that Linda Moulton Howe was given some information to confuse and discredit her. The government really doesn't want the public to think that they are involved in cattle mutilations. Here's the most important reason why. During the 70s, the government shipped grain to impoverished countries. Okay, helping poor countries feed their people? Who's going to say anything negative about that? Well, this is the same grain that farmers had to use to feed their cattle. Then the government put a cap on beef prices to curb inflation. Now that's going to upset the farmers. But if you add on top of that that the government is doing experiments on cattle and killing them, you're going to have a big problem. People were seeing unmarked black helicopters in areas just before reported cattle mutilations. In 1976, a bunch of deputies from the Cache County Sheriff's Office were staking out the airport to find out what's going on with this. An unmarked plane lands. A man in a shiny tinfoil-type coverall runs up to the plane and loads a suitcase and the plane starts to take off. A deputy drove down the runway to try to stop the plane. I guess there were at least two black helicopters there as well as the fixed-wing plane. A man jumped out of the pilot side of one of the Hueys. According to a witness, the helicopters were dark, dark green or black. No identifying markings at all. One of the deputies, or a sheriff, can't, didn't specify which, asked the man for his ID. He had none. He was in military fatigues with no ID, no insignia, no rank, no unit, not even a helmet. The deputy reached out and ran his fingers down this button line, no dog tags either. At this time, two other helicopters in the air looked like they were beginning a gun pass. The deputy knew if he tried to arrest a man with no ID, they would both be killed on the spot. So the deputy told the man that they knew what was going on with the cattle, and they knew who was involved, and that there were deputies with high-powered weapons in the area, and sooner or later, they would shoot his helicopter and bring it down if the mutilations didn't stop. The man looked at him and said, May I go? The sheriff said, Yeah, and the man got into his helicopter and took off, flying west. After the encounter, the next five or six years, there were no cattle mutilations. Okay, now we're going to move on to the uh, underground base in Dulce, New Mexico. At 8 p.m. on June 13th, 
New Mexico State Police Officer Gabe Valdez was contacted by rancher Manuel Gomez. Gomez told Valdez that he found a three-year-old cow on his ranch with the classic cattle mutilation signs. The cow's left ear, tongue, udder, rectum had been removed with surgical precision. There was absolutely no blood in the area. There were also strange landing marks on the ground. Valdez wrote a two-page report that had been declassified by the FBI, and it reads, Investigations continued around the area and revealed that a suspected aircraft of some time had landed twice, leaving three pod marks positioned in a triangular shape. The diameter of each pod was 14 inches. Emanating from the two landings were smaller triangular-shaped tripods, 28 inches and 4 inches in diameter. The investigation at the scene showed that these small tripods had followed the cow for approximately 600 feet. Tracks of the cow showed where she had struggled and fallen. The small tripod tracks were all around the cow. Other evidence showed that grass around the tripods as they followed the cow had been scorched. Also, a yellow oily substance was located in two places under the small tripods. This substance was submitted to the state police lab. The lab was unable to detect the content of the substance. A sample of the substance was submitted to a private lab and they were unable to analyze the substance due to the fact that it disappeared or disintegrated. Skin samples were analyzed by the state police lab and the medical examiner's office. It was reported that the skin had been cut with a sharp instrument. There was also evidence that the tripod marks had returned and removed the left ear. Tripod marks were found over Mr. Gomez's tire tracks of his original visit. The left ear was intact when Mr. Gomez first found the cow. The cow had a three-month-old calf, which has not been located since the incident. This appears strange since the small calf normally stays around the mother, even though the cow is dead. Valdez had someone come out and check the area for radiation, and they found high levels of radiation where the landing pads were. On April 20, 1979, U.S. Attorney R.E. Thompson and U.S. Senator Harrison Schmidt held a public meeting about cattle mutilations. The meeting was attended by about 80. Gabe Valdez attended this meeting and was introduced to Paul Benowitz. Paul Benowitz claimed to intercept messages from a secret underground base near Dulce, New Mexico. On October 24, 1980, Benowitz contacted Kirtland Air Force Base and reported his findings. On November 10, 1980, he briefed people at Kirtland. On December 2, 1981, he wrote the U.S. Senator Pete Domenici. Benowitz explained that sometime late in 79 or first of 80, an argument ensued over weapons and the military abandoned Dulce Base. The final circumstance of the men unknown. He wrote, To date, as noted, I have not heard from you and therefore will assume with all your new duties that you are very busy and just have not had the time. The facts I gave Captain Harris are simple and straightforward as follows. 1. I knew the location of the alien bases in the northern New Mexico the Hickoria Apache Reservation, 4.5 miles northwest of Dulce, New Mexico. Two, I know that someone in the military, 
made a deal with the aliens several years ago, giving the Indian land, cattle, etc., and apparent assurance of safety to the alien trade for technology in the form of an atomic-powered ship, at the same time establishing an extensive U.S. base alongside to test the ship. 3. That sometime late 79 or first of 80, an argument ensued over weapons and the military abandoned, the final circumstance of the men unknown. 4. That I had very high resolution official NASA U-2 color infrared photos in addition to low-level and ground photos showing the base in total detail. Photos obtained legitimately through University of New Mexico. 5. The ship design traded for is over 30 years behind the alien technology. 6. I advise Captain Harris, I know of the two women and child near Austin, Texas, who were severely exposed to radiation at close distance from the ship in trouble and that it was seen going west with helicopters, unmarked, and that the government was quietly paying their hospital expenses. I am also very concerned that the President has not been totally advised of the situation and have forwarded a copy to him, cover letter enclosed for your record. It is hoped you will value this valuable input and in time get in touch with me. According to Mirage Men, agents took him out and flew over supposed UFO crashes. Paul was convinced that the alien phenomenon was real and eventually became mentally unstable. Some claim he was a target of a government disinformation campaign that led to his psychiatric hospitalization. Some theorized that the government was detonating nuclear bombs underground in the area. This is what caused the area to experience high levels of radiation and killing cattle. They would then take parts of the deceased cattle to check for levels of radiation. Well, they actually did detonate a nuclear device near Dulce. In 1967, Government scientists detonated Gas Buggy, a 29-kiloton nuclear device. They lowered it into an experimental well near Dulce, New Mexico. The Hiroshima bomb was about 15 kilotons. So the 29-kiloton nuclear device was detonated at a depth of 4,240 feet. They were exploring peacetime use of controlled atomic explosions to try to increase the production of natural gas. It was called Project Gas Buggy. Going back to the uh, underground base in Dulce, Phil Schneider, a geologist and engineer for DUMS, Deep Underground Military Bases, claims that there are underground military bases capable of housing hundreds of people storing large equipment hazardous materials, or advanced technologies and laboratories. They are there to keep research and certain property out of the public eye. Phil claimed that he helped build the base at Dulce. Phil started a speaking tour at UFO conferences. I watched the underground director's cut. Uh, there was a clip of Phil Schneider speaking, and he said he helped build the base at Dulce and that there were aliens there. He claimed that there were a lot of military special forces there. In one story, he said that he was loaded in a basket into the base, and he encountered two aliens. He pulled out his Walther PPK, and he shot both of them. One of them circled his hand in front of his chest, and a blue beam shot out and struck fell. 
Phil was saved by a Green Beret that was standing behind him in the basket. The Green Beret opened up on them, and the basket lifted up. The Green Green Beret didn't make it. So I guess he goes around showing people the scar he got from this incident. And there was a battle there between the aliens and the humans that left 60 humans dead. He claimed that he had one of the highest security clearances possible on the planet. He claims that he had seen nightmarish things, human-alien hybrids, laser weapons. He was widely dismissed. He claimed that 11 of his friends had died, 8 of them by suicide. One of his closest friends, Ron Rummel, was found shot in the head and it was ruled a suicide. Ron Rummel was a publisher of a newsletter called The Alien Digest. The newsletter was regarding the UFO cover-up. Phil told his wife, quote, If I die, it would look like a suicide. End quote. Well, he was found dead beside his bed with his face in the seat of his wheelchair. His catheter tube was around his neck and tied. The autopsy reveals death by asphyxiation. The manner of death, suicide, his obituary reads, he died from a stroke. Coincidence? I'm going to have to do a little bit more digging on this Dulce base. So, it's up to you what to believe. Do you personally have a UFO story? Let me know. You can email me at ufoandalienpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Rick Black, and I'll talk to you next time.